0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to HR Works, the podcast for HR professionals. We really appreciate you taking the time out of your busy day to join us. I am the host of HR Works, Jim Davis, and the editor of the HR Daily Advisor. This podcast aims to put valuable tools and knowledge into the hands and ears of you, the HR professional. Those tools will arm you with the best methods and strategies for attracting, motivating, and even retaining talent. We know that employers spend a lot of time and energy on the entire employee life cycle, from sourcing to onboarding straight through, retention, engagement, and of course, exit interviews. Today, we are gonna talk about engagement, the term that gets used a lot, and for good reason. Organizations spend a ton of money, time, training, all of that getting the right people on board, and that just vanishes when an employee walks out the door. In many cases, retaining employees is achievable if you just have the right set of tools aimed at, most importantly, employee engagement. Today, we are lucky enough to be joined by Greg Liederman, President of Employee Engagement at Reward Gateway, the employee engagement people. He is also a New York Times and USA Today bestselling author. In October, he released his most recent book, Crave, You Can Enhance Employee Motivation in 10 Minutes by Friday. Between his title and the title of the book, I think we can safely say that we're in good hands when it comes to employee engagement. Greg, welcome to HR Works. We are so pleased to have you.
1: Great to be here. Thanks for having me, Jim.
0: Fantastic. Let's get it, Let's go ahead and get started. In a recent Gallup survey, it said that two-thirds of the workforce is disengaged at work, and I also read those numbers haven't really changed over the last two decades, just why are so so many people so unmotivated at work? I think
1: there's no there's no single answer to why are people so unmotivated at work, but Jim, you're right on. It has been 18 years of research um, now on this concept of engagement, on how motivated and committed are people at work. In 18 straight years, it's barely budged. yet. Last year, there was almost $8 billion spent on HR technology to try to fix this problem, and, and it isn't working. Uh, what I believe is and what was uh, you know, the, the, the reason for why I wrote the book Crave is that um, people aren't paying enough attention to what really motivates people. So we're using the wrong tactics. And the reality is uh, there are three things that the research tells us. And I'm going back 80 years of research. I've poured over hundreds and hundreds of studies and summarized it into th- to three simple things that if managers and leaders are aware of it and they give it to the workplace, they'll tap into more of that intrinsic motivation. And Jim, those three things are simple. They're respect me for who I am and what I do, help me see the purpose and meaning of my work, how I have impact. So respect and purpose. And the third component is relationship, in particular, relationship with my boss. Uh, and the reality is, if you can get managers to actually fuel the environment with these three cravings, people tap into their more of their motivation. Uh, more of that intrinsic motivation they're happier they're more productive and they produce more within companies And in today's market it fixes the number one challenge for most organizations which is not just keeping our people but keeping engaged and productive people
0: you know you mentioned um, helping me see the purpose you know I've worked at a lot of organizations and those that are aware that they have a, cu- a culture, you know they'll have a list of attributes that they want. You, the employee, to uphold. How do you make sure that a list like that is felt to be real by the employee instead of just oh, they just want us to be motivated? You know, how do you make sure that the employees are really feeling that purpose?
1: Yeah, you know, whatever, every company I've ever gone into in you know in two decades now of consulting on culture change and in organizational change. Every company has some set of core values that they want the organization to embrace and live. The key to that is to operationally define those values. In my last book, the one you mentioned the New York Times bestseller was engaged, it led the the reader through how to put a system in place to operationally define those values with behaviors that you can inspire and and, and create motivation in the workplace for your uh, workplace to actually deliver them. They need to be integrated into how you hire people. How you're onboarding employees, how you're doing performance conversations and collaborations, uh, as well as into recognition systems, which is the book Crave that that I know we're going to talk about today. Uh, my latest book, in truth, Crave sh- ideally should have been written first, uh, then Engage should have been the, uh, the the sequel to Crave, but I hadn't uh, hadn't had the concept completely rounded out yet and hadn't poured through enough of the research to be able to write that back almost a decade ago. So.
0: Well, so many of these things are intrinsically related, you know. Um, do you think you could help us understand the role that recognition plays in engagement?
1: Yeah, recognition is huge. Uh, and the reality is it's, it's such a huge, it's such a big part of our everyday lives. Uh, we as humans, we crave feeling recognition. It has a huge impact on our productivity. It has a huge impact on our happiness. And and the challenge is most most leaders, they really suck at doing recognition, Jim. They really, I mean, there's some that think they do it well and they're just not genuine or strategic in how they do it. And then there's a great majority, unfortunately, that just don't do it. They just feel like you get a paycheck at the end of the week. You did your job. Thank you very much. We have another, we have another uh, one week or two week contract. Uh, the the, the uh, folks that that think they're doing it well, um, so sometimes they don't realize that if you don't have that consistency, which is why the subtitle of the book is 10 minutes by Friday, if you don't have that consistency of doing it ongoing and you just do it sometimes where you're taking the time to actually recognize something that somebody did well, it's, it, it, it doesn't it doesn't make you a very effective and trusted leader. However, if you flip that around and you can get to that, hey, I'm going to do my recognition on a 10 minutes by Friday basis. It truly does drive the trust level that your people have in you and make you more effective as a leader. So it, 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 it makes a significant difference in the overall um, engagement level of, of the individuals that work with you.
0: When I was thinking about these questions um, and, and this topic, there's a, an idea out there that people get participation rewards, you know, that rewards don't really count if someone didn't earn them. And um, I'm wondering, is there is there such a thing as too little recognition? Is there such a thing as too much recognition?
1: Well, there certainly is. There, yeah, I think you, anything in extreme is not going to be healthy and, mo- and most productive for you.
0: Too little recognition
1: is what we see over and over again. I mean, you get the great majority of people that, uh, in, in research studies saying, I haven't been recognized in the last year. Um, recognition is something that a healthy amount would be, you know, would be, would be ideal. If you're recognizing somebody too much after a while, it probably seems a little bit watered down. What our clients have had great success with, and it's driven engagement levels within our client base, at almost three times the national average. Um, what they have found is if they can get managers to pick a Friday once a month and just take the time to capture and share a success of one person on their team, at least one person, and what it is they've done uh, to help drive the the success of the organization, that that seems to be an okay amount. If you get that up to two times in a month, you know, you're know you spending about 20 minutes a month as a leader on this, you're doing a really good job. If you can crack the code of getting yourself to build the habit of 10 minutes by Friday every single Friday, you'd be doing an absolutely amazing job. And in the Crave book, I highlight three things that a leader needs to do. It's both simple and easy to make recognition Uh, truly powerful. Uh, The three steps. First, you've got to tell the action of what the person did. Then you need to second, link it to a focus area. And then third, you need to make sure that you're telling what the impact is of that, sharing how it helped make customers' lives better, our work lives better, improve the profitability or productivity of the business in some way. So tell the action, connect it to a focus area and share the impact. If you do that well, that links back to the three cravings that I mentioned. It's showing people you respect them, helping them see the purpose and difference they make. And just the act of doing it gives you that third craving that we were talking about, Jim, the relationship piece.
0: Do Do you think that there's a sweet spot in the hierarchy for where this recognition should come from? Should it always come from the CEO or do you think middle managers should participate?
1: Well, well, Jim, you mentioned the values earlier and trying to integrate that into a company. So uh, you know, I've been quoted as saying a number of times the, the ability for your company to live your values or live your brand, if you will, it lives and dies with frontline managers. So it starts with your your shift supervisors to your your managers, to your directors, your VPs, all the way up to the C-suite. It's if you if you've gotten the job of being a manager of humans or a leader of humans, Then you've signed up for that. And one of the best ways you can become a more effective and trusted leader is to master the art and science of doing recognition strategically. So, the very short answer is it's critical to anyone who leads humans that they learn to develop the managerial skill of strategically recognizing people. And the fact that most people don't see it as a managerial skill, it's not something that's taught in business schools. That's a big problem in why we have the engagement crisis that we've had for the past 18 years. I believe the lack of recognition is the number 1 cause of this engagement crisis.
0: You know, you mentioned, you know, people that don't even bother having recognition programs and I think we can all agree that if you're not even trying, you're not doing anything positive. But you also mentioned the leaders who think that they are already doing enough. Can you talk about um, some of your interactions with these kinds of people or what you might say to someone that says, well, we have a recognition program, everything's fine on our end?
1: Yeah, it's pretty easy to figure out whether they have a healthy recognition program. I mean, first place we usually look is what does the engagement data tell them? And that's why one of the tools that we made sure to build here is, um, and we have with the reward, uh, reward gateway is, is the ability to measure engagement within an organization. Next, I look at usage. So companies need to be really careful in this day and age. There are a ton of HR technologies out there promising to help you in some way improve employee engagement. Well, you can look and see what kind of activity do we have? Do we have our managers doing 10 minutes by Friday? Have they built that habit? I call it the ultimate habit. Have they built it? Because if so, you can see it. So when we take a company, like say we have a manufacturing company we have in the Midwest, they've got about a thousand or so employees, their, um, quality, their quality metrics are improving, their engagement scores are improving, and then we can take a look and see, well, is it connected to the amount of recognition that they're doing? And you can look and see that 75 80% of their managers are doing 10 minutes by Friday on at least a monthly basis. Well, then you can start to see that when we are giving people what they crave, it's driving those business results. It's having a big influence. On the flip side, you can always see it in the data, too. You can start to look and see where our manager's not doing an effective job and what our clients will typically find is we still have high turnover there, which costs us a lot. We have absenteeism, which creates headaches and chaos, which diminishes our customer experience. And overall, where people are not feeling effectively recognized, our costs go way up and our customer experience is diminished.
0: You know, it's... It's kind of amazing to me. We write about engagement a lot and publish articles about engagement, you know. And everybody has an idea of how do you um, engage employees, from paying them more to giving them better benefits. Um, and almost all of those are expensive, you know, costly things. It doesn't seem like a, there's virtually any cost in taking ten minutes out of out of your week every couple of weeks. And just sitting down saying hey you guys did a great job and here's the people that are excelling in our company what's what's stopping managers is it just that they didn't have the training or why would i guess the real question is why would someone go buy a three thousand dollar solution when they could just spend 10 minutes saying thank you
1: well first off in many cases you want the solution in order to be able to serve up the ability to do the recognition strategically so that's a great investment we have clients spending well into the six figures in some cases on to you know big organizations to make sure they're putting the technology and tools and techniques in front of their managers but with that said jim at the end of the day it all comes down to managers realizing this is a managerial skill for them to develop and hone and perfect and, and make progress on over time until the managers and leaders see strategically recognizing people by fueling this craving in the market as a management skill, they're never going to optimize their ability to drive culture change and the customer experience, and ultimately the top line and bottom line growth numbers that they want. It has to be seen as a managerial skill. And we have proof over and over again. I mean, this isn't our first rodeo here. We've been doing this for almost 20 years, putting these recognition systems in place. And if without, you know, you can have the greatest technology in the world, but unless you get managers to use it, then the workforce doesn't use it very well. So everyone talks about peer-to-peer recognition. Yes, it is peer-to-peer, especially with a lot of the social programs. But to your point, it can be done in an offline environment with a note card. It can be done by sharing recognition at team meetings and daily huddles. Um, At the end of the day, though, it must be manager-led. I've not yet seen a program that just creates social energy and, and, and appreciation around People doing the right thing, living our values, de- delivering our customer service strategy that's peer to peer led. It's always management led if it's going to truly make the world a better place. And, and, and at Reward Gateway, this it's, it has the same mission that I've had for many, many years, which is making the world a better place to work, one client at a time.
0: Um, you know, the title of your book is 10 Minutes by Friday. Can you just talk about is ten minutes really enough? I mean, you said that companies that do it twice a month have more success.
1: Yeah, that's great. That's a great question, and I get this a lot. You know, when I'm up, you know, when I'm speaking in front of leadership groups, which uh, you know, I'll let them know. You know, I'm 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 brought in to help share the Crave Con the Crave methodology and the ten minutes by Friday method. But I'm very careful, and I say this in the book as well to tell people you pick the Friday, because again, if you only want to invest ten minutes. A month. If you do the math on that, factoring in your vacation time, that's about two hours of your time. Usually, about the amount of time they're investing to spend with me at a keynote or uh, interactive session of some sort. That's two hours once, a, you know, two hours at one, one uh, you know, a year. If you just did it once a month, ten minutes by Friday. So I always say, you pick the Friday. If you want to do just an okay to good job, then do it ten minutes a month. And then, yeah, that's in most cases a lot better than the everyday manager is doing today. However, if you can then start to build that habit and get more comfortable, where you're doing it two times a month, maybe three times a month, now you're starting to do a great, to amazing job. And yes, Jim, it is more than enough time. When you think about the dearth of, of um, recognition that's happening in the workplace, um, if every man, or like if every manager just did that once a month on your on your team, you have a running organization with five hundred people and you got fifty managers. If every one of them did a strategic recognition following the recipe I put in Crave they would be amazed at the cultural transformation that takes place and how that accelerates the business results that matter most to them.
0: Do you think that factors such as gender or age impact employee recognition? Um, So, yeah, I'm so
1: glad you brought that up. It's, this is a really interesting times. I mean, we've got um, four generations coming together for the first time ever Four generations, right? You're going to have your boomers with your generation X and millennials and now we're going to be bringing in Generation Z over the next three, five, ten years. And there's going to be 70 plus million more people in our workplace here in America. And there is there are slight differences uh, between these, these generations. One thing where they I will say they all are the same, but the research still shows, is everybody has the same three cravings of respect, purpose, and relationship that I write about in the book. However, I have an entire section in the book just on the generational differences because the younger generations, in particular, we're talking about millennials now, they want more of three different things. They want just a little bit more. First, they want more purpose, right? It's still part of the craving, right? Everybody wants a sense of purpose. Gen- the millennials tend to want a little bit more. They also want more collaboration via technology. They expect it. They've grown up with technology. They, they, sur- they just expect it. And then here's the piece that they want a little bit more of, that, Jim, this is freaking people out. And I've been seeing this for over a decade now. I keep hearing about, oh my gosh, it's so hard to work with millennials. Their expectations you know, are so different. Well, the reality is what they want a little bit more of, and it's not a lot, it's just a little, they want a little more communication. So they want more of a sense of purpose, more collaboration on technology, and they want more communication. But why people are freaking out over this is because communication is something that almost every company really struggles with. So now we're faced in a time here where we need to learn how to manage appropriately to millennials, and millennials are stepping now into leadership positions, and they expect more communication, something we're already not very good at. So we blow it out of proportion thinking they want so much communication. No, they just want a little bit more. And the reality is it's our job as managers to give them that. So we have to, we have to perfect our ability to obviously do the recognition piece to fuel the craving that, that we've talked about. But there are other communication avenues as well. We need to be really good at delivering difficult conversations. We have to be really good at setting expectations and communicating those expectations in different types of performance conversations. So we just, we just have to improve upon something that we struggle at as a company. In particular, um, we've got to be really good at getting mass communications out, whether it's really compelling intranets inside of an organization. Having a communications platform in place so that people are staying in the know and collaborating with their peers uh, is, is critical to driving an engaged workforce today.
0: That's very interesting. Um... You know, we talk about millennials all the time, and and now, of course, Generation Z. It's interesting to talk about it as just a measure of just a little bit more. You know, everyone wants to know what are these millennials all about, and um, you know, you can't fit that, you can't really fit that in a list. But taking current values and expanding them just a little bit sounds really interesting.
1: Well, you, you, Jim, you're right on. They just want a little more. I, just just last week, I was at a Fortune Fortune 500 company that was with a major division of that company with their top a little less than hundred leaders in the room, and we started. Talk, it was a portion of my speech on the um, on the millennial generations, and I said to them, "How many of you are um, millennials?" And um, pretty much no hands went up. It was a little bit of an older crowd, and I said, "Okay, how many of you are a little freaked out?" about having to manage you know, with millennials. How are you doing with that? And then almost every hand in the, in the room goes up. And I said, all right, here's here, let me tell you why you're freaked out about this. Because you already suck at communicating with your workforce. I mean, can anyone here tell me that they're just amazing at communicating with their workforce? And then this group had about 3,000 or so employees. And of course, they all start laughing. And they're like, no, it's a big struggle of ours. And then I went into the bit to show them the research that the millennials just want a little bit more. That's it. But they're, we're asking for a little bit more of something you're already not good at. And that's what's causing the stress and the tension and, the, and really the, 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 false, the falsities around what, you know, how challenging it is to manage with millennials. They, they want to know that they're respected for the work they do. They want to understand that their work is purposeful and meaningful. And they want really good relationships with their managers. They want to have managers that care about them as people in their development. That's no different than the boomers, you know, than than Generation X, and, and, and any other previous generations before that. It's human nature; they just want a little more.
0: Um, can you speak in general terms as to what the overall benefits for companies that consistently engage in employee recognition are?
1: It goes right down to accelerating business results. You pick an industry, Jim. Pick any industry, and I'll share with you what the benefits are that we've witnessed within our client base.
0: How about manufacturing?
1: Great example. So you take a manufacturing company. They care about the same things as everybody else when it comes to turnover of staff on the people side, right? They want less absenteeism, less turnover. They want to pay less overtime pay, which happens when you have a lot of people showing up later. You can't fill shifts because you can't find people. So let's just say that's the same in manufacturing as it is pretty much all industries right now. But they also care deeply about um, quality output. They want to get less deep product defects. They want to make sure no big mistakes happen. So the whole idea behind Crave in the 10 minutes by Friday recipe is to, to recognize what you want to see more of, right? So you want less quality mistakes. Then you need to recognize the, the, the things that drive quality issues or in manufacturing, safety is really important. It's amazing how many manufacturing companies have like safety awards at the end of the month or quarter on how many that they had so many less accidents when they could be recognizing more strategically the things that lead to less accidents. Or in my other example, less quality issues. So that's one of the things that I teach in the book Crave is to recognize what you want to see more of. So we have examples in the manufacturing setting where they take and they look and go, all right, we've got a 3% defect rate. 3% of the product has to be taken off the line. It can't be delivered. Great. What would the cost savings be if we got that down to one and a half percent? Okay. What are the top 10 behaviors we need to recognize our people for? In order to drive that one and a half percent drop in quality and in quality issues, next thing you know, you train your managers on what to look for, and you put a little structure and system in place, and all of a sudden, you start to see when we when our recognition went up seventy percent here, our quality defects went 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 down fifty percent because we're recognizing what we want to see more of, which is a big part of the philosophy of crave.
0: You know, in manufacturing, um, that's a great example of engagement resulting in tangible benefits. Can tangible benefits be measured in any sector? Any sector.
1: Yeah. We had a a healthcare organization came to us and said, look, we have a huge problem with nursing turnover. And we said, well, tell us a little bit more about it. They said, well, we've got um, nurses, it costs us about thirty-five dollars to $40,000 to replace a nurse. The recruitment, the training, the quality issues we deal with during the training, it costs about thirty-five to forty grand to, to replace a nurse. And we keep losing nurses, especially during the first six months. So we hire them, we train them, and then within six months, they leave. So we said, okay, you've got a social platform for doing recognition. Let's use that as our data point. Let's teach all the managers in a, in a, in a, in a refresher on what to look for. In order to recognize nurses in a way that will help them get what they crave, the respect, purpose, and relationship. To make a long story short, over an 18-month period, they increased the amount of recognition of nurses by 111%, Jim. That drove a a 29% drop in nursing turnover across the enterprise, saving them millions of dollars but even better yet it drove a 45% decrease in turnover of nurses within the first 6 months because that was that grace period they called it that they were so worried about so we showed them again where you pick out what you want to recognize people for you get man you teach managers how to do it strategically 10 minutes by friday and that's you pick the friday again it's only 10 minutes a month is the is the minimum that will drive the turnover that you're, you know decreases that you're looking for and Jim, we've seen that with just about every single business metric you can imagine that's driven by humans, which is just about every one of them out there.
0: I'm glad you said that because I'm sure that there are listeners that are saying, you know, okay, so you were able to identify what we need to recognize nurses for or manufacturing workers, but my industry doesn't have those kinds of things. You know, what do I look for when when I'm going to recognize my employees?
1: Now, that's that's why I, want, I said you picked the industry. You could have picked any industry you want. You can pick another one. I'll give you more examples. I mean, I've seen this done across 25 different industries. And unless you work in an industry where robots are doing everything, then the human condition prevails. And humans crave respect, purpose, and relationship. And managers aren't giving them enough, which is why we have this engagement crisis. And in fact, it's an energy crisis. You know, I tell people, Wesh, we're in the middle of an energy crisis. And then they, I, I see them thinking, like, what? What, are we going to talk about oil and gas here? And, and no, we're not talking about oil and gas. We're talking about human energy. You're buying this energy with the salary or the hourly wage you're paying people, and you're not getting the majority of it. You, start, you started this conversation off, Jim, highlighting that two-thirds of Americans are, are um, not engaged or actively disengaged at work. And, and I, I reiterated that that's been going on for 18 and a half years now. You mentioned Gallup. That's just one of the studies that people like to reference because they had over 30 million respondents. So people believe that the numbers are very accurate. And the reality is that the biggest problem is there's not enough strategic recognition done. We don't tell people they're doing a good job often enough, and then they're not getting what they crave at work. And when they don't get what they crave, they're not happy. They're not productive. And then that spreads like wildfire.
0: I kind of have only one more um, topic to talk about. It's something that I don't hear people talk about when they talk about recognition, and uh, that is jealousy. You know, if you're rewarding, let's say you have an awards program and you hand out three awards and your company's got 500 people, you know, do you, three people are going to get it and they're going to feel great, and then a bunch okay. of people that thought they deserved it aren't going to get it, and how are they going to feel? Do you handle that ever? Do you, do you deal with jealousy in? It doesn't happen.
1: It does not happen within our client base because our clients are bringing us in because they want a system. They want a system to realize that, uh, you know, to, to drive recognition in an organization. And they realize that it needs to become a daily habit. So we're talking, Jim, we're talking about two completely different types of, of recognition. You know, I, I put it in, in the Crave book. I put it into the analogy of a football game right? What you're referring to are what I call the championships. Those are major accomplishments or milestones and people get recognized and everybody celebrates, whether it's three people or 10 people within that big organization, right? That's one thing is the championships. And a lot of companies make the mistake of thinking their recognition strategy is passing out gifts or awards or plaques or to people because they've hit major milestones or major accomplishments. But think about a football game. You can't just recognize the championship, so you never get to the championship, right? There's a lot of first downs that a football team needs to have in order to score touchdowns that lead to enough touchdowns that get you to the championship. And that's the framework that I put this in. If you're going to design a recognition strategy, it's really important that managers know how to recognize the first downs. Those are the everyday effort levels, Jim, that people are either just setting the standard, doing a good job, doing their job. Sometimes they're going above and beyond, and sometimes they're doing wow moment things that save the company time or money or just make us, you know, make a better place to work and a better customer experience. So you've got to teach managers how to recognize those first downs. Then you've got to learn how to recognize the touchdowns. Those are some key results that a project team might have, or maybe a process improvement was put in place of some sort. That's a touchdown. You make a little bit of a bigger deal about that. And then there's the championships. The challenge a lot of organizations have is they don't have a really good recognition strategy. And so they're just rec- trying to recognize championships when every single day goes by where you know there's 50 or 100 first downs that should have been recognized and appreciated in a way, not just to be um, humanistic and tell people they're doing a good job, but to be strategic and highlight the things people are doing that are driving cost savings and revenue generation for the enterprise.
0: Well thank you so much again. This has all been very interesting. Um, hopefully our, our listeners enjoy it as much as I have.
1: <laughs> I hope they enjoyed it as much as I enjoyed sharing sharing <laughs> the philosophy and the methodology. If people want to learn a little bit more about it, they can get the um, the Crave Crave 10 Minutes by Friday book on' uh, it's, the best place to get it is on Amazon, and they can go to my website at greglederman.com to learn more about. Um, the different speaking programs that I have and then of course they can go to rewardgateway.com if they want to learn more about what a world class communications platform that has recognition embedded in what that actually looks like
0: Fantastic uh, Listeners, we are always interested in any suggestions that you might have for what HR Works should cover next Feel free to reach out to us on Twitter at Podcast uh, with any thoughts or concerns you have or even just to say hi Thank you so much for listening. This is Jim Davis with HR Works.